Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Mignon Morel. Before we get started today, I wanted to make a quick announcement. We have updated our website store adding a bunch of new teachings. Some of the teachings are from older trainings that I've done, and some of them are uh, talks that are no longer available on the podcast. And we're offering them to our listeners as a pay-as-you-can or pay-what-you're-able offering. So I want to encourage you, if you have time, to go back to our website from waterintowine.org and check out the store. We have music on there, more teachings, and all good things to help you grow in your walk with God. So today, we're going to talk about uh, God's goodness. Uh, I get a lot of questions about this, and the Lord has really put it on my heart to share with you about the power that His goodness and receiving his goodness can have in our lives. So let's first, let's talk about what the definition of of goodness really is. You know, the Bible tells us the word good actually means holy, pure, and righteous. It has to do with God's benevolence towards us uh, in his goodness uh, is encompassed love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, faithfulness, kindness, compassion, and justice, all of these are part of God's goodness. For instance, in God's justice in judging the sin of the world, he sent Jesus to redeem it. That's goodness. You know, goodness in scripture is often tied to many things that we don't think about. For instance, God's goodness is actually tied to his glory. The story of Moses in Exodus 33:18. Then Moses said, "Please show me your glory." And God said, "I will make all of my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, for I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion." So God's glory is tied to his goodness. Goodness is a fruit of the Spirit. Now, we all know this from past uh, sessions where I talk about that all of the fruit of the Spirit is a part of the nature and the character of God. And because of that, it's a part of what he imparts to us and over the lives of his children in Christ. God has goodness stored up for each of his children. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are for good and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. God's goodness, though, is not just something that we uh, see, we can think about or we uh, declare maybe over our lives. God's goodness is something that we're supposed to be experiencing. Psalm 34, 7, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. You know, taste and see means that God wants us to experience him. He wants to experience his goodness in our lives and not just have head knowledge of it. 
Your life and God's plans of goodness for your life are inseparable. They're inseparable. And you know, God's goodness is actually a weapon in our life that is used against evil. It's actually a protection for us against the evils we encounter here. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome and conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Psalm 31. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. In the secret place of your presence, you hide them from plots and conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in a pavilion, safe from the strife of tongues. So God's goodness actually can act as a form of protection for us in our lives. And I'll give you an example. Shortly after I became a believer, uh, I remember I was driving one day on a very busy freeway we have here in town and uh, traffic was backing up. It was rush hour. And I'm sitting in the car and I look in front of me and the car in front of me moves off to the side, like um, on the side of the road. And I'm thinking to myself, that's interesting. And then the next moment I am flying through the air because I was hit from behind by an 18 wheeler that wasn't able to stop. Now, as my car is flying through the air, I'm in shock and I'm thinking, whoa, what's happening? And I cry out, oh God, oh God, Jesus, help me. My car ended up spinning around and spinning through and around all the traffic around me. And I ended up, when, I, when the car stopped spinning, I was facing oncoming traffic. Now I'm standing here, I'm sitting in my car, the, uh, facing oncoming traffic when another car is coming towards me. And I can see the driver in that car lifting up their hands. And they looked at me like, I can't stop because suddenly I'm in their lane. That car hit like what can only be described as an invisible wall. And it came to a complete stop within inches of hitting me dead on. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm freaked out by what has just occurred. And I heard an audible voice say, I am with you always. At that moment, I understood the meaning of God's goodness. He protected me. That's an example. God's goodness covers us in so many ways in our life. And it's something that we're supposed to be experiencing on a daily basis. It's something that empowers our life because it carries his nature. And his nature is becoming our nature when we are in Christ. So we know that in theory, God is good. But the question comes up then, how do we access that goodness for our lives in an ongoing way? How do we become immersed in who Jesus is for us and his goodness in our lives. You know, one of the things the Lord had spoken to me when I was considering doing this talk was that he wanted people to become immersed in his goodness for their life because a lot of people don't believe God is good. So what happens is they're turning to other things to fulfill that need. So let's talk a little bit about how we receive the goodness of God. First, we have to believe and acknowledge the truth that God is good and will give us what we need because he is good. Jesus says that God desires to give us good gifts when we ask, not evil. 
Matthew 7, 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Now here we see that Jesus uh, is addressing an issue that many of us in the body of Christ have. And he's admonishing us against uh, the issue of having double-mindedness. You know, we can have double-mindedness that uh, with God, you know, believing that he really isn't as good as he claims to be. I mean, how many times have you desired something from God, but in the back of your mind, you've doubted that he would give it to you? We have to learn to acknowledge that double-mindedness is a block that keeps us from receiving what we need from God. James 1, 5. He is to ask of our benevolent good God who gives to everyone generously without rebuke or blame, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. So first, we have to believe that God is for us and desires, as we said earlier, to give us good gifts and have has good plans for our lives. We have to root out the places in our minds where we've allowed double-mindedness to get in. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life he prearranged and made ready for us. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God and are called according to his plan and purpose. Romans 8, 28. God reveals his goodness for our lives through blessing us, through protecting us, through providing a way for us, through healing us. You know, God heals us and does miracles because he is good. And he wants us to taste and see his goodness for our lives. I remember the first miracle that I saw uh, that, that is a good example for me when sharing about God's goodness. I was at a church. It was Christmas Eve. And I had just been growing in my time of learning uh, about, you know, living in Christ, living in the kingdom, healing and and prophecy and all the gifts of the spirit. And I was practicing a lot with praying for people. And so uh, one of my directors came over and said, Hey, Mignon, we have this, um, this one of our people in the choir uh, who's going to have to go and have surgery and get a hysterectomy. And they really don't want to do this because they still want to have kids, but they have a bad 
bleeding issue, a lot like the woman in the scripture, a bleeding issue. Would you please come and pray for them? And uh, we, I remember we had 10 minutes between services on, on Christmas Eve. And so we went in a little room, and I remember at the time thinking, Lord, you know, uh, I don't know what to pray. <laughs> uh, I was still just, you know, discovering all of this. So I prayed for her, I probably took about, I don't know, five minutes, and I really prayed for God's goodness to overtake her, for peace. I don't even remember. It was nothing spectacular, nothing eloquent. And then we went back and had the rest of our service. Well, after Christmas break, I come back to the church and I'm walking into the church and uh, one of the pastors comes over to me and says, have you heard there's been a miracle? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? He said, well, the lady you pray for got healed. She went to the doctor. They took tests. The doctors have proclaimed it. It was a miracle. All the tumors disappeared and she is now able to have children. You now have the healing ministry of the church. So God heals not because of anything we do, uh, for especially in my case, but because he is good and he wants to give good gifts to his children so they can taste and see that he is good. So first, we believe God's goodness is working in our lives, that he is for us. We get rid of that double-mindedness that tries to play games in the back of our minds. Then we have to learn how to receive God's goodness for our lives. And we can do this by becoming more immersed in who he really is for us. We receive by learning to abide. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in me or being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. If you live in me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. John 15, 7. Now, Strong's concordance for the word abide in the Greek is katiokeo. Katiokeo means to live in, reside in, settle in. It means to stay, remain, and dwell, and to be in that state that begins and continues, to never wane. Jesus makes it clear in this passage that he is the vine, the life source, and we are the branches. Jesus is the vine. He is the power source of all things that we need. And we are supposed to be living our lives branching off of him. Now, fruit is what typically sits at the end of a branch. Now, ask yourself this. In nature, what do the branches do to get the nutrients they need from the vine? What do they have to do in order to be fruitful every season? They have to receive the nutrients that the vine is sending. You know, part of abiding in Christ is learning to receive from him. It's not about working harder at spiritual disciplines and such, though please understand spiritual disciplines have their place in our walk with God. But reality is abiding is more about recognizing the truth that when we come to Christ, he becomes our source. You know, Jesus wants to be our source for things like wisdom and knowledge that we need in navigating our lives. Colossians 2, 3 says, In him are all the treasures of divine wisdom, 
comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden in him. You know, why is this important? Because this means when you are faced with a situation where you need wisdom and knowledge, you can go to Jesus, your source, and say, Lord Jesus, what should I do? I need your wisdom for this problem in my life. Help me to navigate this. You know, Jesus, in his goodness, wants to be our source for that. He wants to be our source for the healing that we need. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know, Jesus is fully God, and he is the one who created us. So he has full authority and power to heal whatever is ailing us physically, mentally, and spiritually. He is the first person and source we should turn to when we are faced with a healing need because he made us and because he knows exactly what we need to be made whole. So you can come to him with your healing needs, whether it's physical or emotional. Lord Jesus, uh, my heart is broken. Please fix it. Lord Jesus, I need deliverance from this issue. You are my source. Deliver me from this. You know, I have been very blessed in my life to see God do incredible amounts of healing, especially when I used to go out and do uh, healing conferences. You know, but I remember there was this one time when I was home uh, making dinner and I was chopping onions. And you know how you do that sometimes you're not paying attention. And I missed the onion and I chopped my finger. And it was very painful, and of course there was (laughs) blood shooting everywhere, and uh, I'm not good with blood. I'm one of those people who's like, okay, I hope you can call 911, I'm going to pass out. So that's kind of the way I was feeling, and I started getting woozy, and I remember grabbing my finger and just crying out, oh Jesus, take the pain. And immediately the pain stopped and the bleeding stopped, and I looked down, and it stopped, and my finger began uh, to heal. So I just want to say that uh, God is our healer. Jesus is our healer. He's there and he is the source of all of our healing. And he wants to be that for us. And part of learning to receive his goodness in that area is, is believing that he's our source and receiving from that source. You know, Jesus wants to be our source for the peace that we need in this life. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of the government or of his peace for your life. So when you need peace, where do you go? Do you run to Jesus, or do you run to the things that help you cope? Come to him. He has all the peace that you need. Jesus wants to be the source for us of friendship, of provision. He's the good shepherd. The good shepherd provides for us, for his sheep. He wants to be our source for everything we need in life. But we have to learn to receive from him. We have to start with that premise that he is our source and we receive from him. We can do that by laying down our wills by surrendering our wills to his. Receiving his goodness is really more about surrendering our wills and resting in the fact that he is our source. 
versus working for our source. We receive and then we rest. Lord, I believe you are good. You are the main branch. I am the vine. You are my source. I lay down my will for yours and I receive all of the good things that you have for me that I need. I receive my healing, my peace, my provision. I receive all of the goodness you have available for my life. So we believe that he's good and we, we focus on receiving him as our source and his goodness. Now, I do feel like I need to address the issue of if God is good, why do bad things happen? Uh, bad things happen because the world is in a fallen state and we are not home yet. In his goodness, God redeems even the worst situations. Uh, many years ago, uh, we went through a really hard time, and I have mentioned it somewhat here on different talks in the past, but we lost a very good friend of ours to suicide, uh, which was very devastating, and we took in their family for a short season, which was very difficult. During that time, we were also going out and building ministry things, and we were receiving a lot of backlash and spiritual warfare, and it was very draining. It was very draining. Uh, and I uh, got to the point uh, with all of everything going on that I uh, stepped out of ministry for a season. And I, the Lord had told me at the time, you know, you need to take a break. You need a break. You need to rest. And I want to do some healing and some revamping on you. So I remember one night I was sitting, I was extremely drained mentally and emotionally, and I was sitting watching television. And I remember asking God in that state, God, was any of this really worth it to you? Was any of it really worth it to you? And that night I had a dream. And in the dream, I was skiing down in a race down this mountain. And it was like a Matterhorn mountain, you know, and we were going round and round to get to the bottom. And the goal in the dream was for us to get to the bottom as fast as we could and then go into this little Coliseum area and see our scores, what we had scored or ranked, rather a little bit like the Olympics in a way. But as I'm going down the mountain, uh, someone next to me fell, and I stopped, and I spent time picking up that person, making sure they were okay, and then I proceeded down the mountain. Well, by stopping, it turned out that I was quite late in getting down the mountain. So in the dream, I go in, I go to the locker rooms, I change, and then I run into the Coliseum to see my score. And when I come in, it's like this huge arena that's almost like a basketball arena where the where the the bleachers go up on the sides and you're on the bottom. And there was this massive scoreboard. And I came in and this voice said over the loudspeaker in front of everybody, well... You weren't the fastest or the smoothest racer, but it was how you ran the race. And when that happened, I saw my name go from position eight on the scoreboard all the way up to position number two. And when that happened, every person in the, in the crowd started cheering really loud, really loud. And God said to me, it always matters. Now, I woke up. God was trying to reveal to me that though this had been a trying season, that I had made headway and he had noticed. And of course, I wasn't number one because God is number one, but I was close to him. And it really encouraged me to know. He went on to give me dreams throughout that season that, uh, that 
spoke about the work I was coming to do in the future. And I've mentioned some of those in talks before, and I'm now starting to begin to fulfill those dreams that he gave me during that season. God redeems the evil that can happen in our life. That is one of the greatest blessings of being in Christ is knowing that his word is true. He will work all things for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose. So now let's talk about what can block us from receiving the goodness of God for our lives. Think about it. What do you think is blocking you from God's goodness overflowing in your life? Is it a false perception maybe of who he is for you? Is it trauma from the past? Is it religion or, or a false understanding that keeps you in work mode for him rather than resting in him? You know, in the kingdom, God is the one who does the work. We simply respond to his spirit, staying in agreement with him, being obedient to his will, and this enables him to flow through us to do the work. It's a religious spirit that makes us think we're the ones who have to do all the work all the time in our life. We are the conduits. Uh, we are the priests. Our first and most important job with God is to worship the king and love the king. It is not to do, it is to be. Matthew eleven twenty eight speaks about how good God is and the difference between his yoke and our lives and the false yokes or beliefs that we can actually come under. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble in heart, and you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome. It is good, not harsh, hard, or sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. In this verse, we see God's promise of his intentions towards us. He intends to give us rest and relief. You know, a yoke is what guides an animal to help it know which way to go. God's yoke is his guidance, his intent and will for our lives. And it's always good, gracious, pleasant, and comfortable and easy to deal with. He's saying that the way he deals with us, the way his spirit is, is easy, good, and gracious. It's not harsh, hard, sharp, or heavy. When you feel those things, that is the yoke of the religious spirit or any kind of false spirit that you may be living under or false perception. So what blocks or false yokes may be hindering you from God's full goodness in your life? Where do you need him to be your source right now? We're going to take a few minutes, and I'm just going to walk you through a, a really quick um, prayer exercise um, that's going to help us to focus on God's goodness. And we're going to ask the Lord to come uh, and speak to us. So uh, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to think about a few things. And if you need to, pause this recording so you can do that and then come back. And I will walk you through the steps of it. So first, just take a deep breath in and let it out. Good. Now I'm going to pray for you. 
And I would like you to actually uh, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to please show me anything that may be blocking me from believing and receiving your goodness in my life. Please show me what you may want to remove in this season in my life that is hindering my walk with you in your goodness. Now let's just take a moment and wait on him. You can pause the recording and come back. Okay, let's continue. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent for allowing myself to be wrongly yoked. Now here, just confess whatever it is he came to mind. Lord Jesus, I ask you, to please break this yoke off of my life and remove all of its attachments to my mind, body, soul, and spirit. Good. Now take a deep breath in and let it out. Now I want you to take a moment and ask the Lord what he wants to replace that with. Where does he need to be your source right now for that? What does he want to be for you in this moment? So let's just take a moment and let's pause the recording and let's just ask him what he wants to replace that with. Okay, now repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are my source. I ask now to receive what you want to give me. Now here, state what you feel like he's promised you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving me this replacement. I believe and I receive your goodness for my life. I thank you, Lord, that you have good plans for my life and that you have prepared good works for my life. I thank you, Lord, that you cause all things to work for good in my life. In Jesus' name. Good. Take a deep breath in and let it out. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless the listeners that even at this moment, no matter what they're doing, they would feel your presence, your spirit, your goodness flowing over them. I ask, Lord, that as they go through their week, that they would feel your gracious, good, and pleasant yoke attached to them in their lives, that they would be yoked to your peace, your goodness, 
and your glory. I ask all of this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org and follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.